Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Shanna Lynn Schmidt is the author of Over Our Hearts, A Mother's Journey, Learning to Listen In a memoir that takes you on the journey of listening into her heart during her teen daughter's pregnancy and beyond. Shanna is a licensed counselor, parenting coach, infant and early childhood mental health specialist, conscious discipline certified instructor, writer, and nana. She lives in a small Kansas town with her husband, Brian, not far from where they grew up with their two dogs and an empty nest. Her book, Over Our Hearts, has won an Indie Reader Discovery Award gold medal winner. Shanna is my dear friend, and I'm so excited to talk with her on this podcast today. I know that you are going to really be um, impacted by our conversation about the emotional aspects of writing your story. Well, hi, Shanna. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, I just can't wait to chat with you about your book and about all things writing. Oh, thank you. This is really exciting um, just to be on here and after listening to your other podcasts and dreaming about it. I feel really honored. Well, I would love to start just by hearing about your book and um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the story behind it and um, how you first decided that you wanted to write this book. Okay, well, um, there's so many pieces of it, but right away, my book, um, Over Our Hearts and um, the design or how it came to fruition was almost five years ago to the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our daughter um, was a freshman and came to us um, or woke me in the middle of the night and asked me to come to her room and told me that she thought that she was pregnant. And it wasn't so much that moment um, that brought everything to life, but my um, response as we walked through the journey with her, that began a process in me that the only way I could manage the day-to-day stressors of having a 14-year-old pregnant daughter was by writing down the icky thoughts that I had, the frustrations, the anger, the grief, um, 
she was, and still is, my baby. Um, but she's four years younger than her brother. And I always have said that the first four years of his life, you know, I had him all to myself. And so when he went off to college, I had just been dreaming and dreaming of those last four years with her and, you know, just having those last four years with her to ourselves, my husband and I. And um, so there was a lot of grief surrounding that and kind of letting go of dreams. And um, so I started writing things down at um, first the urgency of a mentor and someone who's helped me with the work that I do in mental health across the years. And she paused me just a few days after we had found out that our daughter was pregnant and told me that um, I need to take really good care of myself so I can be there for my daughter and that my daughter doesn't need the added stress so of my energy and my emotion. And so I um, didn't know what to do with that because I was raised that... Um, teenage pregnancy or um, surprise pregnancies, I guess you could say, um, prior to marriage were, I don't know, not necessarily that they were unwanted, but that they were a thing to be ashamed of maybe um, is the best way I can put it. And I, I didn't know how to manage the fact that, first of all, I was supposed to feel shame, but I wasn't feeling shame. I was feeling protection. And the two kept kind of colliding together. So through that, um, how do you reach out to people when you don't know how to take care of yourself? And so I started writing things down as I became more comfortable. Um, and then after about, you know, two or three years of writing things down, then I had um, posted a few things on my social media pages just ahas and after the ickiness was sorted out, you know, the judgment and the perfection and the shame that I was carrying toward myself and the heaviness of the grief. Um, then I would post things on social media. And of course, after the birth of our grandson, because it was much easier to talk about the happiness um, and to get rid of the anger and guilt and those types of emotions. Um, once he was here and everyone was safe and everyone was and we could see that life was okay. Um, I, I would post on social media and then get these encouragements from friends and people I had worked with in the past um, encourage me to write the book, write a book. Um, and so I decided to take the summer off last year and did it. That's so amazing. Well, and I love um, in your story, it seems like there's a lot of room for using writing as a way to process those big emotions, feel those big emotions, and also give yourself the space to, you know, to work through them. And I think we were talking before I started recording that I'm, I think you're either my first or one, one of my first um nonfiction memoir writers that I've interviewed for the podcast. And I think that's a big difference with perhaps writing fiction uh, uh, versus writing memoir is that this is all real life that happened to you that you have a lot of, you know, emotions to work through um, with writing that down that perhaps it's not something you can just dive into 
immediately after it happened. Did you think, was that, can you tell us a little bit about maybe your process with going from some of that journaling to then deciding, okay, you know, I think this is a, a book and how do I, you know, organize this book and write this book? Right. Sure. Um, for me, well, as a therapist, one of the things that I've always pulled from is a a sense of, is that true or is that a story when it comes to emotions, um, both for me and for any clients or, or uh, professionals that I've served. And thinking about, you know, the ickiness I was calling it, um, I would read it, you know, months after and think, whoa, that was really, really heavy. And prior to rereading it or prior to organizing it, those big emotions, I would almost feel shame about that I would have a thought, you know, a negative thought. And then through the rereading, it's like, why wouldn't someone have a negative thought? We're all human. Um, this is what we do when we have these big emotions, but then also that process of rereading it. And um, I call it sifting in me, um, a sifting out of facts versus story. So um, believing, for example, um, for the longest time when my daughter was pregnant, you know, she was in sports and was a cheerleader her freshman year. And so I had this story in my head that when people asked questions that they were being nosy. And then later, once I reread it and just sat with it and really reflected on who the people were that were asking me these questions, these were people who had been in my daughter's life since she was born. These weren't just random folks just walking up and asking questions. And I was able to shift um, my response to them and shift my internal response to me when I would hear the questions, knowing that this is out of concern, not out of. Um, gossip. Mm. So the memoir piece of it um, was such a heavy, heavy um, experience for me because I'm a pretty private person. Even though I speak in public, I, you know, I put my book out and anyone can read it. Um, I am very open to people I'm close with, but otherwise pretty, pretty private. So very vulnerable, um, but it was just a process of reading and rereading and taking out um, what was emotion in the moment versus what was truth in the moment. Ooh, I love that distinction. I think that's really, really beautifully put um, and something for all of us to think about with our projects, the emotion in the moment versus the truth in the moment. And I think also, Shanna, you give listeners a lot of um, a lot of grace and and some great questions to think about as far as the writing process of, especially with memoir, there might be some things that you need to write down just to process those emotions or get through that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that all of that needs to end up in the completed book that you're sharing with the world. And it seems right. like with your writing, you know, you were very um, conscious of that when you were sifting through. I love that image of sifting. Um, to think about, okay, what is the truth that I want to share here um, about this story? I just love that. Yeah. And what is mine to share? Because even though my daughter was the one um, having the baby, the story isn't about her, you know, this and, or her boyfriend, now husband, um, or his family. This was just about um, how do I manage 
something that's different. So that was, or a surprise, I guess I would say, because different, you know, um, a lot of people have babies. So being able to also sift through, is this about me? Is this about someone else? Or is this about, um, you know, just life in general and being able to manage when hard things happen or unexpected things happen? Yeah. Well, and also um, one thing I love about your book is the way that um, I just think there's a lot of emotion in there. There's so much that I I just felt so close to you reading the book. And also, um, I just love your writing style. I mean, you do a great job with with taking the reader and having us in the, in the moment with you and in the story with you, I'm thinking of that opening scene in particular where you go into your daughter's room and it just really feels um, like you have a lot of details that come through in the writing, even though this was years after it happened. Um, glad I wrote those things down. Yes, yeah. So thinking about your process, did you also feel like as you were writing, would more details and, you know, emotions and memories come back to you. So if someone is listening to the podcast right now and they're thinking, oh, oops, I want to write this book about something that happened and maybe they weren't journaling. Um, did you feel with the process like there were some memories that came back or things that surprised you about kind of that process of writing the memoir? Oh, completely, completely. Even as you described right now of me going into her room and lying down, as you described it, I could smell her hair. Oh my goodness. I lie, when I lay down next to her. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's how our brains were made is that emotional, really important part of our brain says, hold on to this. You know, there's a reason for this, whether it's out of um, protection of self, like bodily harm, or whether it's out of protection of importance. Um, our brain holds on to that. And as we dive into those parts of our brain, then it just exposes itself to show us all the things that maybe we hid away mm-hmm. because it wasn't time or just because, you know, we didn't need it um, for the purpose that we thought we needed in the moment. So for example, um, being able to smell her hair, I never journaled about that. I just journaled about the moment. Um, but being able to smell her hair or even I can feel her body right now as I talk about it. That's, that's the beauty of our brains. And um, yeah, yeah. There's so many things that just kept spilling out. And um, I reread the book again about a month ago mm-hmm. and it was incredibly difficult to get through incredibly difficult. And part of it at first, you know, I, um, was so drawn in by the emotion. But those are my emotions. <laughs> I could, you know, I have a stack of memoirs. I read, that's one of my favorite um, genres. And I can read someone else's emotions and be there with them. And I think that also is really familiar as a therapist, you know, being with someone in their emotions. Um, but being with myself in my emotions from five years ago was really, really difficult. And I had to put it down a couple of times and, you know, walk back um, toward my husband and say, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to read this. And he's like, then why are you? But um, he had a beautiful comment too. When I said, it's just so heavy. It's so hard to get through again. And um, He said, of course it is. It's hard because it matters. Mm. 
well, this, this was really important, not just the book as the writing or just the journaling, but everything that transpired through that and through kind of like we've been talking, the sifting process is I'm not at all the person I was prior to the night before she told me, you know? Um, and so it's hard to remember, you know, those, those types of thoughts. Um, because a lot, so much has shifted in me yeah. over those years. Yeah. So the process, process ended up being just um, beautiful therapy in itself. Mm. That is, oh, I love how you describe that. Um, oh, so beautiful. Well, how I, I know from, from talking with you and from seeing um, so many glowing reviews of the book that it has gotten such a wonderful response from readers. Um, and I just would love to hear a little bit about, you know, you talked about that vulnerability of sharing a personal story that happened to you with the world. Um, that's the scary part of it, but I would love to hear about some of the responses that you've received and what it's been like to have this book out in the world, um, connecting with readers and helping other people. Oh yeah, that's, um, that's a vulnerable part in itself is that um, I'm shocked when people tell me that it was important to them. Um, even just last week, I was speaking with someone and she said that her boss had shared the book with her. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you got to read it. And she just got tears and said, no, I have to read it or had to read it. Um, which she's not the first mom of a teen who said that to me. And um, so that piece of vulnerability of knowing that it matters to someone else for the reason it mattered to me feels pretty raw, um, pretty scary, but it also feels really beautiful because there were a lot of people um, who came to me when my daughter was pregnant and said that I was a teen mom or my daughter was a teen mom or whomever, you know, um, they knew someone that was a teen mom or they um, had experienced it themselves. But I haven't yet met someone who had the experience that we were having where unconditional love was truly shown. Um, that doesn't mean that exhaustion wasn't also shown or overwhelm wasn't also shown. But um, the unconditional love was shown and we practiced that in our home and um, continue, continue to do that today. But that's been a really sweet, sweet blessing is since the book was written, I've had so many people who said, I gave this to my mom because I had my child when I was 16 and my mom was exactly like you. Aww. It was like reading what she was feeling and experiencing, or um, I shared this with my best friend because, you know, she had a baby when she was 16 and now she's 70. And, you know, all of these different beautiful stories of now we know what it was like for mom or for friend or for sister or whomever it was. Um, so that's been a really, really sweet blessing just to, to hear that side of it too. Um, and the feedback has been remarkable. Like I, you know, you, 
you write a book, as you know, and you hope that someone reads it. <laughs> you don't really know. Um, and just to see my community, um, both my community work community around the United States and then my community of our hometown wrap us and me in love and support has just been just, I don't even know what to call it. Um, blessing isn't even a big enough word. It's just been the sweetest gift. That's amazing. Well, and from your story too, I hear um, just wonderful you know, lessons for listeners to think about as far as the process of writing your book being a gift in itself that you're giving to yourself. And then it seems like it's a separate, um, a separate gift when, if you decide to share that with the world. Um, but it, it seems like it's sort of stacked on top of each other. You know, the first part was just writing this book, um, Mm -hmm. getting it out of you, feeling like you're able to process these emotions and what happened and, and then sharing it is, is like the next level, you know, of that. So I like how those two, those two pieces are thought of as, you know, separate parts of the process, because I think sometimes um, people really conflate them. And, um, you know, I think just writing the book in itself can be such a gift and such an act of, of love and so life-changing um, mm-hmm. even before you get to that part of publishing. Um, so I think that's good for people to think about with the process too. Was there, um, I guess, a part, so if you were to look back at yourself at the beginning of the writing process, um, so thinking about if people are listening who are maybe at the beginning of their journey writing a book, particularly writing a memoir, is there any words of advice or encouragement or, you know, wisdom or something that you would like to share with someone in that position of at the, at the very start of the journey? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm giving it um, to myself as we speak. The first thing is um, to definitely just write it all down. And also there is no recipe. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, one hour typing only that my process was handwriting and then typing, um, sticky notes to handwriting, then typing, or taking sticky notes and putting them on um, a piece of poster board and moving them around to see if the thoughts matched up or um, made a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. So I think my biggest piece of advice is be really flexible that there's no one way, there's no simple recipe to getting the book just right. Because that's the other thing too, at the end of it, um, I really struggled with perfectionism and, and still do. Um, Cause I know there is a mistake in the book and it just drives me crazy. Um, but to know that that's also humanity, mm-hmm. you know, no perfect person walking around and there's no perfect book walking, you know, sitting on the shelf. Um, so yeah, being really flexible in it and trying everything because that story wants to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just finding that avenue, you know, to kind of break open that door and get that information out, do whatever it takes to get it out. Cause it's so freeing when it is, once it's out, it's free also. Oh, I love that. 
Oh, so good. I'm taking your advice to heart too. And sort of the muddy middle of a project right now of my own writing that it can be so challenging sometimes to feel like there's only one way of getting through it. But I think having that flexibility is so important, you know, giving yourself that room to do things differently, giving yourself lots of grace. um, And just knowing that the book wants to get out, you just have to try to facilitate it, you know, the best way. Um, well, Shanna, I could just talk to you all day. I know <laughs> we we have talked all day before, um, but I would love uh, before we say goodbye to um, have you tell listeners, you know, the best way they can get in touch with you, learn more about, um, you know, your current book, your future books, um, your, your, your other work that you do, um, connect with you on social media. What are the best ways for listeners to find you? Um, well, on social media and my website, they're all shannalynnschmidt.com or at shannalynnschmidt. Um, and I'm always open to discussion. You can purchase the book from my website if you want a signed copy. Um, or, you know, the big machine has it available as well. Um, but yeah, my next work right now, I'm, it's kind of a blend of memoir and research as a therapist and also um, a mental health consultant and coach. I have a lot of stories that um, I've heard over the years, you know, previous clients or children that I've served. And so my next book I'm working on is a collection of those. And then at the end of each story, a review process maybe of what I hope for that client now, or maybe what I pray for that client now and how he or she maybe could get there. Um, Whether it be through therapy or self-care or um, their own education, who knows, you know, depending on the client or the story that has been collected. So it's some pretty deep work because, you know, you carry, um, as a therapist, if any therapists are listening, you carry that confidence um, in them and then also the confidentiality for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's asking a lot to review, you know, what I've been holding for so long um, for people and then also allowing their story to be free, not only for me, but for them as well um, in order to be able to help others. So that's ah, it's one where I pace. I'm doing a lot of pacing. And yes. <laughs> so I'm not as much. Um, I write and then I pace and then I type. And it's not quite um, as linear because the stories were never linear. So ah. definitely different process, which I love too. Just like my children, you know, they're definitely different. Now my two ba- baby books will be definitely different. Well, I just, I'm so excited to read it. Um... It sounds like it'll be different, but also have that same core of you know emotion and um, just yeah grace and just wisdom that your first thank book you. has. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Shanna. It's always good to talk to you. So good to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. 
I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading.